0: Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Mark 7, verses 14 to 23, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 7, verses 14 to 23. pride foolishness all these evil things come from within and they defile a person this is the word of the lord we see in the beginning of this passage how slow of understanding men are in spiritual things here says our lord to the people hear me all of you and understand are you also without understanding he says to the disciples do you not perceive The corruption of human nature is a universal disease. It affects not only a man's heart, will, and conscience, but his mind, memory, and understanding. The very same person who is quick and clever in worldly things will often utterly fail to comprehend the simplest truths of Christianity. He will often be unable to grasp the plainest reasoning of the gospel. He will see no meaning in the clearest statements of evangelical doctrine. They will sound to him either foolish or mysterious. He will listen to them like one listening to a foreign language, catching a word here and there, but not seeing the drift of the whole. The world by wisdom knows not God. 1 Corinthians one twenty one. He hears it, but does not understand. We must pray daily for the teaching of the Holy Spirit if we would make progress in knowledge of divine things. Without him... The mightiest intellect and the strongest reasoning powers will carry us but a little way. In reading the Bible and hearing sermons, everything depends on the spirit in which we hear and read. A humble, teachable, childlike frame of mind is the grand secret to success. Happy is he who often says with David, teach me your statutes, Psalm 119, 64. Such a one will understand as well as hear. We see in the second place from this passage that the heart is the chief source of defilement and impurity in God's sight. Moral purity does not depend on washing or not washing, touching things or not touching them, eating things or not eating them, as the scribes and Pharisees taught. There is nothing from outside a man that entering into him can defile him, but the things which come from out of him, these are those who defile a man. There is a deep truth in these words which is frequently overlooked. Our original sinfulness and natural inclination to evil are seldom sufficiently considered. The wickedness of men is often attributed to bad examples, bad company, peculiar temptations, or the snares of the devil. It seems forgotten that every man carried within him a fountain of wickedness. We need no bad company to teach us and no devil to tempt us in order to run into sin. We have within us the beginning of every sin under heaven. We ought to remember this in the training and education of children. In all our management, we must never forget that the seeds of all mischief and wickedness are in their hearts. It is not enough to keep boys and girls at home and shut out every outward temptation. They carry within them a heart ready for any sin, and until that heart is changed, they are not safe, whatever we do. When children do wrong, it is a common practice to lay all the blame on bad companions. But it is a mere ignorance, blindness, and foolishness to do so. Bad companions are a great evil, no doubt, and an evil to be avoided as much as possible. But no bad companion teaches a boy or girl half as much sin as their own hearts will suggest to them, unless they are renewed by the Spirit. The beginning of all wickedness is within. If parents were half as diligent in praying for their children's conversion as they were in keeping them from bad company, their children would turn out far better than they do. We see in the last place from this passage what a black catalog of evils the human heart contains. For from within, out of a man's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual morality, theft, murder, idolatry, Greed, wickedness, deceit, eagerness for lust, pleasure, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within, and they are what defile you and make you unacceptable to God. Let us distinctly understand, when we read these words, that our Lord is speaking to the human heart generally. He is not speaking only to the notorious wicked person or the prisoner in the jail. He is speaking of all mankind. All of us, whether high or low, rich or poor, masters or servants, old or young, learned or unlearned, all of us have by nature such a heart as Jesus here describes. The seeds of all the evils here mentioned lie hidden within us all. They may lie dormant all our lives. They may be kept down by the fear of consequences, the restraint of public opinion, the dread of discovery, the desire to be thought respectable, and, above all, by the almighty grace of God. But every man has within him the root of every sin. How humble we ought to be when we read these verses. We are all as an unclean thing in God's sight, Isaiah 64, verse 6. He sees in each one of us countless evils, which the world never sees at all, for he reads our hearts. Surely of all sins to which we are liable... Self-righteousness is the most unreasonable and unfitting. How thankful we ought to be for the gospel when we read these verses. That gospel contains a complete provision for all the needs of our poor, defiled natures. The blood of Christ can cleanse us from all sin. The Holy Spirit can change even our sinful hearts and keep them clean when changed. The man that does not glory in the gospel can surely know little of the plague that is within him. How watchful we ought to be when we remember these verses. What a careful guard we ought to keep over our imaginations, our tongues, and our daily behavior. At the head of the black list of our heart's contents stand evil thoughts. Let us never forget that. Thoughts are the parents of words and deeds. Let us daily pray for grace to keep our thoughts in order and let us cry earnestly and fervently, lead us not into temptation. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for his glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, do we approach the Bible with humility and pray for the help of the Holy Spirit? Or are we quick to skip that part and read on our own strength? Second, do we really believe that the primary root problem with each person is what comes from our hearts and not from outside of us? Parents, Do we spend as much time praying for the work of the Holy Spirit to give our children new hearts, or are we happy to just have outward obedience and ease? Third, as we consider the list of vices, do we quickly read and move on, or do we stop to realize that these evils exist in our own hearts? Does this list humble us? Fourth, Does considering this list make us thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ that can wash away every sin? And lastly, does this reality cause us to cry out, Lord, keep me from temptation, or do we feel strong in our own abilities?